I'll say it. I don't like zombies. I don't like anything about them. They're gross. If I want to imagine the dead walking around, well, I'll picture them as beings of light, hovering about, giving out warm feelings, and shooting darts of positive energy into your still-beating heart, not dripping with cemetery soil and necrotic flesh. And the grunting. How gauche! We spend our lives learning how to speak properly and give words weight from down here, down in our diaphragms. And we're going to suddenly lose that just because our ligaments are all torn and our larynx is turned to dust. Kind of a casual application of logic, if you ask me. And brains, really. Galinda tried to tell me that brains have the texture of wallpaper paste. I said, no, they've got to be more spongy, like a rum cake, but with more of a pâté flavor. Like when her sister made us an anniversary cake, and I said, what is this, pâté? And she said, no, red velvet. Anyway, she'll probably be the first one I see when I cross over. Reason enough to stay tethered to the here and now. Speaking of now, let's open up this heavy metal door that leads to the portal that will grant us entry into the Deep Night. Hello, it's me, Dale Siva, your ghoulish guide, your shamanic Sherpa, and your haunting host as we bring you another hour of regrets and revelations. We come to you tonight as we always do from the foul banks of the Gowanus. And we have a wonderful show for you tonight. It seems that this season I have been drawn to some very powerful comedic writers. What fascinates about the written word? Well, it all comes down to writing, doesn't it? The world we're living in is fairly awful across the board, but the text can serve as a transport to a slightly better place. We can slip into a, a, a place of joy and silliness, if only in a short piece online or in print. Or yes, I hope even in an audio broadcast. Well, I want to make you aware of two things, two opportunities to go to a silly place. One, tune in Wednesday, November 7th to the special without Brett Davis and see what happens. I can't say exactly, but I have a feeling that I may be there. That's in New York on MNN, uh, the, the network, the cable access or it'll also be online, and we have another live show with Deep Night, live, with me, happening on Wednesday, November 14th at the Slipper Room. More great writers and comedians, including Laura Kraft, Fumi Abe, and Claire O'Kane. More info up on the site, deepnightshow.com. We'll also have Cornelius Loy back on the theremin and dance from the Deep Night Dancers. But now tonight's episode, Karen Chi is a writer and performer in New York, which is convenient because I am also in New York. She contributes regularly to The New Yorker, as well as The New York Times. You see what I mean about being in New York? McSweeney's, Reductress, Shondaland, and more. She recently had the honor of winning the inaugural Irma Bombeck residency and contributed writing for the upcoming Reductress pilot. Uh-oh, something's happening on Comedy Central. She performs all over town at places like UCB, Ars Nova. You know the hot spots. Well, let's go now to my talk with Karen Chi. But that this is probably the reason why witchcraft took such a hold in the Dark Ages. Because you just want to do something. You want to rid the world of the crooked king, but you don't have any power to do so, so you might as well throw some things in a cauldron. Yeah. See what bubbles up. That makes a lot of sense. Do you think witchcraft is the answer? 
Uh, you know what? Now that you mention it, yes. <laughs> I You're always thought no, but that's immediately what I'm going to do after this interview. <laughs> well, I'm glad to have changed you and turned you <laughs> to the side. Yeah. Um, but you didn't believe in that kind of thing beforehand? No, not at all. And now no. I'm 100% on board. <laughs> Very easily <Wow>. swayed. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I think witchcraft and comedy are essential oh, okay. in these times. That's where I'm at now because yeah. I don't know what else to do. But uh, I'm only an amateur when it comes to warlock warlockery okay being a warlock mm. <laughs> some minor spells you know that kind of a thing most of what i do is make essential oils uh, at the in the home do you have a diffuser i uh, no, i well, don't I think well i can so. hook you up with one we'll talk later thank you so much <laughs> the yeah the point is uh, uh this is um i can sign you up as a se- i can't sell it to you directly but i can sign you up as a seller and then anyway <laughs> Like I said, the point is, you have rather quickly established yourself as uh, one of the premier comedy writers in New York, haven't you? Oh, wow. Well, thank you. That's very, very nice of you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Oh, dang. Thank you for your good work. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, um, I... The New York, you're, you're just stunned, but I'm just... Yes. You have pieces out there. Now, not just one piece. Oh. You didn't just, like, crack it once and get in there, yeah. but the New Yorker, the Reductress, New York Times, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. I mean, the work is very funny. If people aren't familiar, often in the shouts and murmurs yeah. uh, section, and oh. uh, a lot of the, the recent New Yorker bits have been just great. Oh, thank you. About this the is... one of not knowing what somebody does and then yes, uh, as a profession. Job. And then it's too long and you don't know how to ask them? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's just true. That's real life for me. (laughs) A lot of my friends have really cool jobs. um, And I remember being very impressed by them vocally when I first heard about them. Yes. And then I didn't ask immediately what it was. And now I feel like if I ask, they'll be like, you're my friend. How dare you not know what I do every day? So I just wrote this piece and hoped that they would maybe come forward with what they do. But Um, what is a web analyst? I have no idea. No idea. No idea. I don't, yeah. Also, people who do social media for stuff, I just assumed they would tweet for that company, but that's not what they do. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm uh, sure they're making money being happy. I guess so, but you know, it's it's such a, 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 a fickle business that they have that job and then they might not work at the same place, but I guess it's the kind of thing you can take anywhere because everybody needs tweets. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. I guess. Maybe I should have gotten into that. Are you on Twitter? <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Not a good sign when you have to ask. Oh, no. Well, Dale, what's your as favorite a, tweet? That's a public figure. Oh. That's my favorite uh, tweet. Yeah. Oh, gosh. At this point, I think we should just burn it down, to oh, be okay. honest with you. <laughs> good to know. <laughs> I've turned a corner where, you know, I started to take the Facebook off the phone. Yes. And I'm much happier. Yeah. And... Uh, and I take the. I'd like to take the Twitter off of there. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's the dream. Why am I? Why am I holding on to it? Why are we holding on to it? You know, I really don't know, but I can't find myself not on it. I'm on it so often. Um, yes. And I use it for so many things. I like use it, you know, for comedy things. And I like finding other jokes and things. But I also use it for the news. Like that's how I get the news every day. Right. Um, which was not at all why I used Twitter like a year ago, even. And, and we don't have to make this all about Twitter, but yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it is a, a fast. It feels faster and therefore more uh, interesting. Yeah. I guess I'm hooked on to the high of getting whatever the latest breaking news is. Yes, I think you're right, and I think weirdly, I know everyone complains about it being a trash fire. Yeah. But. <laughs> Um, I would almost say Twitter is kind of the nicest possible way to get the news because you're not just getting 
the straight news, you're also getting a lot of opinions of other people who you mostly agree with because you follow them. Yeah. So you're getting bad news, but then you're also getting to see like a thousand other people agreeing with you that it is bad. And that I get some sort of solace from that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, then the flip side, though, is you read an article where it's, uh, it's sort of in the moment section and they'll include people that you don't agree with. Yes. And it's just shocking. Oh, <laughs> just don't look at that section. You can't even believe that. You think, what? Yeah. <laughs> How is this possible? Yeah. That, uh, I mean, I guess that's just where we are at this point, that everybody's so polarized is the word people use. Yeah. But it's scary when I read the things, yeah. the bad news, the bad takes. Mm-hmm. That's I true. I don't care for it. But one thing I do care for is the reductress. <gasps> Yes, and I had Beth and Sarah on mo- many years ago. Oh, amazing! On the show, and uh, their rise has just been phenomenal. I've yeah. watched it, and it's, oh, so great! And I thought I would just read some of the titles of your pieces from the Reductors because they never fail to tickle me. Oh, thank you. Sure. <laughs> so, all right, Asian woman can't tell if man has a fetish or sincerely loves Miyazaki films. Mm. Wow, this woman made her skin and face look years younger simply by being Asian. They're not, they don't all have an Asian thread. <laughs> yeah, I was realizing the same thing. It's <laughs> like, I got to branch out. We gave men a map of America, and only 7% could locate the clitoris. Mm-hmm. Asian women, there it is again. <laughs> Asian women kindly corrects bigot with a more accurate racial slur. That's a, that's a precise one. That. Yeah. <laughs> that one. Man costumes to make you seem like one of the guys, and eight child actresses who grew up to be your stepmother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're all so funny. Oh, thank you so much. I'm glad you like them. Oh my gosh, um, you enjoy writing that kind of a st- that kind of thing. I mean, you could stop just at the headline, couldn't you? Ah, uh, yeah, I guess so. I think I really <laughs> just think at the think of the headline, and then I send it in, and they're like, "Great, write the article," and I go, "Oh, geez, okay." <laughs> Is that how the process works? You do it yeah. a pitch like that. You do a pitch. Um, oftentimes, you'll put in. Um, Part of the pitch is an idea of what you want the article itself to be like. And a lot of times I'll just put like, I think this works as a headline. Because they have things that are just simply headlines. And a couple of them I got back being like, we like it, but we want you to write the full article. And I go, okay. <laughs> I'll do my best. And how long have you been doing that? Um, Reductors I did a long time ago. I want to say like 26 2015, I think. I can't Ages remember. Ago. It was early on because at that point... I think it was still a newer site, and I remember looking at and scrolling through their Facebook page and seeing that they had gotten, like, 5 to 15 likes on posts and thinking, like, oh, wow, this one got 20. Such a great job. And now, of course, they're, like, always deep in the thousands. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. I must have started a while back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do love it. But uh, now let's talk about uh, how you got started, though, because you grew up in the Bay Area. I did, yeah. Now, what part of the area of that Great Bay uh, I'm from the peninsula, so I grew the up peninsula. in... peninsula? Yeah, mm-hmm. I went to San Mateo High School. San Mateo. Do you know San Mateo? Sure, a little bit. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, I am from Foster City, which is a small town next to San Mateo. Yes. Um, but too small to have a high school, so I feel like... I don't. I think most people haven't heard of Foster City, but I'm. I love it very much. It's there. new to me. Yeah. Okay. I figured. <laughs> but I'm excited to put another pin in my personal map. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Do you put pins in your personal map for places other people are from? Yes. Just okay. whenever I find out about one. Gotcha. <laughs> That's exciting for you. It is. <laughs> yeah. It has to be. I'm putting pins in a map. I yes. I got to make it interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so you grew up in in Foster Foster City. Yes. Okay. Um, it, and uh, uh, what's, what's it known for? 
being small? I, honestly, yes. I want to say Foster City is known for having lots of water. Um, I think <laughs> I so I worked for the local government when I was in high school, so I know lots of weird facts about the city. But there we go. One of the main fun facts is that the city itself is technically sixteen square miles, but it's only four square miles of land. <laughs> <laughs> I think they included a lot of the bay as part of their town just to like make it seem bigger. And mm. then it has a lot of waterways and ponds and lakes and stuff in the middle of it. Actually, I want to say everything is too small to be a lake. So it's probably just lagoons and ponds. Oh, lagoons. Yeah, yes, we have yes, lots of lagoons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, but that's important to control the water rights. Yes, yeah. Yeah, you want to so. claim as far out as you can. I guess so, yeah. It's a really lovely town. It's lots of families with young children and then lots of much older senior citizens. So it's really quiet and sweet. Yes, and were you going into the San Francisco often? Yeah, I did a lot in high school, especially on the weekends, um, because I started doing more comedy and stuff, I think, starting my freshman year. And there weren't very many improv or comedy things going on in Foster City or San Mateo. No, so on the weekends I would, so. Yeah, no. Um, there were lots of theater, oddly, but there wasn't much comedy. And so I would hop on a train and ride up to San Francisco on the weekends, um, hang out. I would always talk to people. Cal- Caltrain? Yeah, Caltrain. Yes. <laughs> I love Caltrain. Um, yeah. Yeah, and what would you see when you go up there? There's a really great place called Bats Improv that's still around, doing yes. very well, I think. Um, be out at Fort Mason. Yes, yeah, they're yeah. still there. And I would go there and I would volunteer at shows because then I would watch shows for free and talk to the performers and stuff. Um, and then I took classes. I eventually started, like, TAing for classes there. I did one at a different improv place. Maybe I shouldn't mention it. But the first time I went, the person who was teaching the class asked me out afterwards, and I was still in high school, and I felt so uncomfortable that I never went back. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but that, Bats was that, always great. It was an improv one, though, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's not good. No, it was no. weird. <laughs> no, don't go back to that one. I'm glad Bats was a positive experience. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do, you, do you remember some of the teachers that you had? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, so one of the teachers at Bats also taught my high school improv troupe because um, I sort of there were high school high schools in the area that had them and um so i remember just getting a bunch of friends together and being like we should do this and then asking one of the bats people but it was lisa roland okay who was amazing um and then i teed for class for laura Derry and dave dennison um and then for ben johnson who i think lives in new york now oh i see and yeah yeah that's wonderful that's wonderful (laughs) but did you start out going to government going to into government was that an interest uh, yeah. Before comedy? And then yeah. you said, oh, I might as well just do the real comedy. <laughs> no, you're right. I think um, when I went to college, I really wanted to do political satire and comedy, but I also really wanted to be a speechwriter. Mm. Um, and I think I, part of me still wants to be a speechwriter, but I think I now just want to write jokes for politicians. Um, <laughs> well, they need it. Yeah. <laughs> it's nothing sadder. No, that's true. <laughs> uh, so, I love so much when politicians are funny. Um, but... Yeah, I really was interested in government. I was really interested in, like, writing for politicians and figuring out how people deliver their messages and, you know, make it, like, palatable. But I don't know. I think at some point I realized I (laughs) – one of the main reasons I wanted to go into government was because I loved the West Wing. (laughs) Okay. And I think I realized, like, oh, maybe what I love about The West Wing is the show. Maybe I want to write for shows and not do what they are doing on the show, if that makes sense. <laughs> well, was there a, a Bay Area politician you thought that this guy needs, or or, or, or woman, uh, uh, needs a, a little help? <laughs> oh, 
Oh, like a little help joke wise? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if she needed help joke wise, but I always really wanted to work for Jackie Spear, who is oh, our yeah. yeah, she was our congresswoman. Yeah. Um yeah, very cool lady. <laughs> she seems it, yeah. Yeah. Like, from what I can recall. Yeah. Willie Brown was around while I was there. Yes. And uh he seemed to be okay. That's amazing, yeah. <laughs> I mean, speaking of Browns, I feel like Jerry Brown is also doing like fun things as governor. Every time yes. I hear about California, I'm so proud to be from there. <laughs> know, they're doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was uh, Jerry was like at a yoga studio or something when he was uh, the mayor of Oakland, living oh, down there, Jack London Square, wherever he lived. Yeah. Even a funny live work situation or. I, I like that guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, where, did you live in Oakland? I did. Oh, I did. Yeah. Where did you live in Oakland? Oh, right in uh, uh, San Pablo in okay. West Grand. That's so exciting. Yeah, across from a, a 24-hour Giant Burger. Oh my! Well, that seems like the best place in town. It was if you wanted to learn the baseline of any uh, popular hip hop song. Gotcha. Yes, that's very true. <laughs> from the early 2000s. Yeah. But. Um, and I lived in Hayward a little bit uh, with my then wife uh-huh. uh, in a duplex over there. We had a nice, nice place. That's so nice. So I enjoy sandwiches. Do you go back? And uh, is the things that you have to go and see and eat? Yeah, um, <laughs> it's mostly food. There. It is mostly food. It's mostly food and like family and friends. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going back for Thanksgiving in a couple weeks. I'm very excited. Oh, good. Yeah, what are my go-to's? There's a place called Toki's, which is this Japanese restaurant that yeah. was in Foster City and recently moved to San Mateo that I love. Um, How are they surviving the expansion? Because sometimes your favorite spot moves and they get bigger and it's not as good. Yeah, no, that's true. I think they're doing okay. Okay, It was actually really sad. The place they were at in Foster City where they had been at, I want to say for like 25 years, they, um, I think they sold that area of land to the government to create something for the city so they were just they just sort of had to leave it wasn't intentional i see see. (laughs) see. it wasn't uh hubris no 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 (laughs) that's i've seen so many great places go down yeah oh but it's always restorative to go to the bay area Mm -hmm. i always like doing it it smells very good yes compared to new york yeah and how long have you been in new york i moved here in january in january yeah like i said quick (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I guess this is now eight months. Oh, my goodness. And so you're finding it okay. Yes, Yes. I like it a lot. Now, one thing I miss about performing in San Francisco and why I try to go back as often as I can to do so is because they are big, big uh, uh, supporters of the pregnant pause. Ah, yes. (laughs) They love it. They go nuts for it. Take as much time as you need on stage. Yeah. There's no rush. Yeah. Here, you got to get in. Get your tight five. Get out of there. But uh, they're oh, they let you explore, don't they? Did you find you were performing there too? I actually didn't. I did a lot of improv, but I d- wasn't doing stand up at the time. I see. Yeah, I just started doing stand up when I moved here, and I guess February was when I first started doing it. And what was the first place you went up? Uh, I think Union Hall. I mean, gosh. Yeah, I um, yeah, I just sort of fa- I sort of fell into stand up and was like, oh, I really like this. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, Union Hall is such a great place. I feel like because the audience are audiences are also very warm. Yeah, and um, yeah, San Francisco like audience. I was gonna say it feels very it it feels very good and like welcoming there. It does, Um, and uh, but what was the goal coming here though? Not to do stand up, not to do comedy, but to do writing. Yeah, well, I think I my main goal is to write for TV. Uh, That's like my dream. Um, but I also just really like everything tangential to that so I've been having a really good time I genuinely like writing humor pieces and so most days will just be doing that because I find it fun 
um, I like stand-up. I really like performing. I want to do more improv, but it is very expensive to take classes here. <laughs> so it was funny because that was the main thing I felt very comfortable doing and had done for a long time. And then came here and was like, okay, great. I'm going to wait on this. I'll do other things and come back to improv when I have money. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. and I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but uh, I would imagine uh, you'll have more visibility as a stand-up. I think so, than yeah. Than being a part of an improv you may have more access to a network. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right, and it's also, yeah, I don't really know, but I do feel less bad inviting my friends to stand up shows than to improv shows. <laughs> and I don't know if that says more about me or about the art form, but there we go. <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah, I've recently started saying you absolutely don't have to come after I make postings for shows. I'll just comment like, okay, just do, live your life as you wish. <laughs> Well, yeah, because improv can go a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah, and when it's when it's not hitting, yeah, that's a tough hour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> but uh, you did go to Harvard. I did, yeah. So go crimson. <laughs> yes. Is that what their mascot is? There's no thing. It's just the color. Yeah, I think you're is it right. A Pantone chip. Uh, you know, I I just I. I think it is just crimson. I think it's the swath, that color. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. We have a mascot of a pilgrim, I'm pretty sure, but oh. I don't think that pilgrim is always in action. <laughs> I truly, I've only been to one football game a year. It's, our school does not do football. It's just this one game. <laughs> well, sometimes you want those uh, inactive pilgrims. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just be at the ready <laughs> to do your pilgrim business. But you do hear about... A lot of great Harvard writers. I mean, it's a yeah. legacy, isn't it? Yeah. I the lampoon right. and all that kind of stuff. Were yeah. you a participant in that? No, I was not. Good. Um, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Seems like a mess. It. Yeah. You know what? I think you're absolutely right. <laughs> I'm glad to be a part, not a part of it. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, if you didn't want to be a part, I can't think of any other reason to go to Harvard. I did a lot of... Well, so I went there initially... I kid. No, I know. I, I kid. It's a I'm wonderful place. I'm trying to figure place. out... Why I think at the in the beginning I went because I went to do government or math and weirdly Harvard is a great place to do either of those things. Oh, I ended good up, for government, sure. Yeah, and yeah. I ended up not doing either, <laughs> yeah. but I still had a good time. That's how it goes sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. That was a, a what master's program? Uh, no, this is for my undergrad. That was undergrad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. I get the timeline confused. No worries. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So well, good. Pretty good. Thank you. Then that's how it happens at college, isn't it? Yeah. You go in thinking, well, I'm this. Yes. And you come out, you got a beard. Yeah, absolutely. Is that what happened to you? <laughs> you graduated sure. with a beard? Cool. I'm Not glad a, you haven't lost it. It wasn't a great beard. It's <laughs> yeah. gotten better. I see, I see. <laughs> it migrates from the top down. Oh, So fun. I went in very high yeah. on the top. <laughs> and then it moved. I wish oh, I had dear. a beard. I think it'd be nice. It's not too late. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, there's I lots of options. And you, what? Were you, I presumably you had to do a thesis. Was it the combination of all these interests? Mm, yes, actually. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I didn't realize that's what it was. Um, I yeah, I ended up concentrating in history and literature, and then focused primarily on Asian American and African American studies, mainly because I love history, but. In high school, I'd only learned about white people. Um, so then when I got to college, I was like, ah, oh, there are so many other people to know and care about, <laughs> including people like myself. And so, yeah. S San Mateo was rather focused on? Yeah, I think it's just like California public school is just we learned so much about white people being good at things. And then 
when I got to college, I was like, I'm sure other people were also good at things. <laughs> that is the great, uh, a great uh, unraveling and learning, isn't it? Yeah. To say, oh, I see. The people that are in charge of the textbooks have created something that is a booster for them. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He who uh, writes history is, is the winner, Yeah. Right? Is that how it goes? Uh, you know what? Now it is. You <laughs> yeah. just wrote it, and you are the winner. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but my thesis was on um, there was this guy named H. T. Sang, who was this Chinese American man in the 1930s who wrote a lot of satire, and it was revolutionary because he was like, I, so far as we can tell, the first Asian American to be writing satirical novels. I see. Um, but because he was Chinese, I think he had a hard time getting published and getting recognized in New York and things like that, and so. He would write a bunch of manuscripts and send them in, and then a lot of publishers would turn him down. And it actually was amazing because in the first few pages of his book, he has he begins with excerpts of letters from publishers turning him down. And it's sort of like this like middle finger to them being like, hey, I self-published my book anyway. Um, yeah, so I read those and I wrote about them and wrote about how he was low-key very intersectional at a time when that word didn't even exist yet. And yeah, yeah really cool dude. And will you uh, do something else with that material? Will you uh, put a book out or something? Oh, maybe I maybe I I would. You probably have a book's worth of stuff of comedy writing by now. I think so. you know. Since January, you were asking at the right time. I am considering writing a book, and yeah. this just sort of started happening last week. So, knock on wood, fingers crossed. We'll see how it goes. Oh, that's yeah. exciting! That's <laughs> exciting. Well, I mean, you start to look through all the stuff that just you're prolific. Oh. Thank you. I'm so you might as well best. put it all in one thing that people can carry around. Yeah, that's true. And I can just sort of throw it at people to read. Yeah, <laughs> that's what that's what a good author would do. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> yes. Very violent. And I'm I'm pleased to understand that there was a an interest in politics all along because there's some very sharp and pointed political bits within kind of embedded within some of the comedy thank you. Uh, pieces. Yeah. Uh, even that thing that we were talking about. What's your job? Yes. Yeah, you mentioned Ben Carson, Sleepy Ben. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not fully understanding what his job is, yeah, which is not clear that he understands what his job no, is. Oh, poor guy. It seems like he's stuck. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think we're going to escape this dark timeline we're in? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what gives you hope, Karen? Uh, uh, my grandparents give me a lot of hope. I talk with them very regularly. I called them last night, and they were out for a walk together, which was just too cute for me to bear. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, because for me... And my short, dumb lifespan, this feels like the worst thing that has been happening. And then I'll talk with my grandparents for whom many worst things in the world has happened. And people have gone through it and it's gotten better. And um, yeah, and so when I sort of start to panic, I will talk to them and they'll be like, you know what? That is true. It will probably get worse before it gets better. But the main thing is that people can't become apathetic and they can't give up because those are being weak to things that are evil. And I was just like, okay. So things like that I'm always happy to hear. <laughs> A little boost yeah. to, to get us through. <laughs> that I'm doing what I can to follow joy. Yeah, you know, good for you. I what, keep trying to do it. Dale, what do you do to follow joy? Well, I keep talking to wonderful people that inspire me oh, constantly. Yeah. I try to perform a little bit, which gives me a little kick, and I, we can all share some laughter. Uh -huh. And uh, sometimes I can make a joke. Yeah. <laughs> and we spread the laughter. <laughs> it seems I like love writing funny. things, too, and I love writing things up and that. You know, things that are pleasurable, and then I can share that uh, with people. And that's about all I can do. That's awesome. Those you are know? all great things. Be a good person in the world. <laughs> yeah. That's what else I'm trying to do. Yeah. We've already got enough of the other stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
but it's what we have to do. We hold it, acknowledge it, bring it out into the world. Yeah. A lot of that I learned in the Bay Area. Hey, that's wonderful. I love that. <laughs> and we can all vote. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can I tell you about this thing that's been happening? Yes. I don't think they've responded, but I got a text yesterday from a volunteer for uh, a volunteer for M- Michelle Obama's When We All Vote and Rock the Vote. That's how they introduced themselves. Yes. Um, and it was very clearly like a form message because it says like, According to our records, you may live in California. Tap here to confirm where you can vote. And, you know, had a link and everything. And so I responded like, hell yeah, because I was excited. <laughs> and they responded with another form. So then I just said, thank you. And then we started talking, and now we're still talking. <laughs> oh. Look at this. <laughs> You've got the attention of an eager volunteer. I think this volunteer and I are going to get married. <laughs> oh, is it really developing yeah. that quickly? I, I'm very excited. Uh, <laughs> they apparently live in New York City, and I was just like, oh, I live here. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I would like this to, to happen for you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I will let you know how it At goes. At least get a drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea how old they are, what they do. Who cares? I assume if they're volunteering for Michelle Obama, they must not be creepy or bad. No. Yeah. No way. <laughs> you can unite for justice and, and harmony. Thank you. That goes across generations. Yeah. yeah. No, that's absolutely right. <laughs> you already have a lot to talk about. That's true. And that's what I mean. It's about finding connections. And look at that. Yeah. It's like the lady that was having uh, relations with ghosts, and she got engaged. Oh, my God. Yes, I saw that. That's so horrifying. <laughs> also, what is her name? It's like Amethyst Caverns or something like <laughs> is that. Is that true? <laughs> I think so. That's very on brand. <laughs> that makes sense to me. <laughs> I mean, okay. Yeah. I hope she has a Sex happy with life. ghosts? I imagine it won't be very active, right? I, okay, <laughs> define, we'll move. Define active. I don't know. It's I, not I like a physical being. You mean it wouldn't take a lot of, uh, it was just like no big deal for the person that's alive? Yeah. 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 Which I guess, yeah, okay. <laughs> low maintenance is the word I was looking for. Yes, that's <laughs> Amethyst Caverns, low maintenance <laughs> it's lady. Something like that. Yeah. I can't remember exactly her name, but they met in some kind of... Uh, I guess she's had a number of affairs with uh, spectral entities. Oh. I was just going to look because I thought I yes, Amethyst Realm. That's Ooh. that's her name. And if people don't know, uh, she cheated on her fiance with a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's this is from the from the Post, the paper of record has since gone on to have supernatural affairs with at least twenty paranormal beings. Wow! How about that? That's honestly. How do you impressive. keep them apart? Yeah. I'm lucky if you see one ghost, but this this one, Amethyst. Now says uh, she's found true love with an apparition, uh, and and the ghost asked her to get married. Well, I hope they live a long and happy life together. Yes, <laughs> they're going to. Ce- they celebrated their nine month relationship at England's Wookie Hole Caves. Wait, so the ghost travels with her? <laughs> I guess. I Wait, don't know. what? I don't know. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> and this has been a nine month affair. Oh my gosh! What if you're the fiance? Oh yeah, heartbreaking. <laughs> For what? You're leaving for what? (laughs) You got a table for two, but I can't sit here. Mm, But I gave you an actual ring. Yeah. What's the engagement ring from a ghost? Wow. How do they keep that? Is that legal? I don't know. What if she dies? Oh, jeez. Who gets the stuff? Does she turn into a ghost? Exactly. Hey, that would be pretty cute. Would they still be attracted to each other once they're both ghosts? Oh, if it's true love, yes, absolutely. That's a beautiful way of thinking about it. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs)
<laughs> we wish her all the best. Well, speaking of that kind of thing, you said you're not into witchcraft until we spoke. But do you have other things that you're doing to kind of cope with this time? I mean, you're reaching out to uh, election volunteers, which I think is positive. <laughs> <laughs> That's only because I'm obsessed with the movie You've Got Mail, and I think this could be it for me. Is um, that true? Yeah. <laughs> that movie really resonates with I you. love that movie. I watch it, I want to say... Twice a month. Um, Twice I'm, a month. I rewatch movies most of the time. I very rarely watch <laughs> new ones now. <laughs> but um, you're, you're you're too young to have had AOL. No. Uh, I had an AIM messenger. Oh yeah. Uh, that could get dicey. Yeah, but I I think my contacts on it were my brother and my cousins, and I think that was it. I didn't. And my friend Barbara in fifth grade. I think that was it. Um, yeah. <laughs> How is Barbara? I think Barbara's doing well. Oh, She's good. a good person. Oh, good. I hope she's happy. <laughs> I should reconnect with her. Send her um, a message. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. No, I've been coping with it. I, I have a lot of really good friends, and so I like hanging out with them. And I think we're very good about talking about what's happening and then also doing things that are rejuvenating and fun. Uh, I recently started whittling. Hey, now. Yeah, which, <laughs> honestly, I love it. It's so relaxing. Okay, first of all, yes. I want I want to just... Come back to whittling for okay. a second. The the you've got mail. Oh. What, what what do you get out of that uh, picture? It's mm. it's just something that soothes you. Mm-hmm. It can calm you down no matter what. It soothes me and it inspires me. I just okay. I there are maybe about seven movies that I just sort of watch in rotation. Yep. Um, and that is one of them. Yeah. And. Yeah, I I also am very big into I watch movies the way people listen to music. I think where they'll listen to the same song a few times, um, and I will sort of watch movies like that, or I'll turn it on and go to a, a specific scene and watch that scene a few times, sort yep. of a thing. Yep. Yeah, and you've got mail is really exciting. I love the beginning when they're like you know walking down the street and it's like fresh, crisp fall air, and there's music in the background, and I don't know. Meg Ryan is so confident. I want to be more like her. I know. Like I wish there was more Meg Ryan. Yes, I agree. I miss the, the heyday of of Meg Ryan. Yeah, yeah, I hope she makes a big comeback. Yeah, yeah, it would be nice mm-hmm. <laughs> for all of us. Yeah, I'm that way with all that jazz. Ooh. I can watch all that jazz. Really, I really enjoy that film. Yeah. Uh, um. What was the other? Oh, and, and Julie and Julia. Oh, such a good movie. Yeah. I mean, you think that you're not going to love the Julie parts. Yeah, okay. Like, all right, they're fine. Yeah. They're whatever they are. <laughs> but I'm still there for it, yes. the whole thing. And the Julia parts are so delightful. So delightful. Yeah. The toot. <laughs> The Tooch. We love the Tooch. We love the Tooch. Yeah. I like to talk to the Tooch. He seems like a decent fella. He seems so good. Makes yeah. good choices. Yes. That's what I like. I believe him to be like, I mean, I have never met him. I have no idea. But just based on the roles he chooses yes. and the very brief interviews I've seen him in, he seems like a grounded, normal human. Quality person. Yeah. I have his cookbook. Oh, you do? Yes. Wait, Stanley Tucci has a cookbook? He does. Oh, my God. This is a game changer. <laughs> Wait, what does he have in there? It's mostly Italian oh, uh, stuff, pastas and that kind of thing. Make a big bowl of that and watch You've Got Mail. Yes, I will do this. <laughs> and total comfort zone. Oh, my God. Is there something that you put on, though, when you're in your writing space, uh, music-wise, that you need to listen to? Uh, usually I try to keep it either very silent or background noise. Um, so I like working in coffee shops because I can. there's enough noise happening that I won't get lost in my own thoughts too much, but yeah. I can't hear specifically what people are saying. When I'm alone, I listen to – I usually go on YouTube and search, like, uh, Miyazaki, Joe Hisashi soundtracks, and then a lot of them are background music that were in um, 
uh, like scores essentially, not background music, scores for Miyazaki films yes. that I grew up with and so are very comforting and exciting to me. Um, and it's nice because they don't have words, so they'll be on in the background and I'll be writing. I miss. I also miss just buying soundtracks. Yes. Something I used to do a lot. Yeah, I love soundtracks. I've Starting a few weeks ago, I've been listening to them when I'm out about just like walking around New York, yeah. and it makes everything so much more exciting. <laughs> I think I've probably mentioned this before, but put on the Pink Panther and take the subway. Yes! It's great. Wow, that's so good. I did it with The Incredibles recently, <laughs> oh, yeah. and I was just like, everything is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just slipping through people. A hundred percent, yeah. yeah. It would be good for Times Square or something, too, and you oh. kind of feel a little bit like a cat burglar, Yeah. which I always I always love feel, that feeling. <laughs> Is that true? I'm getting away with something. Dale, I'm learning a lot about you. <laughs> I think we're learning a lot about each other. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you believe in destiny? Um, uh, kind of. Wow, what a jump to a question. Um, I, I, I think people can change where they want to go, but I do feel like there is some sort of a purpose to everyone's life. So in as much as that, I guess you can fulfill it or not fulfill a destiny, but I think you have to put in a lot of effort. Yeah. Yeah. It might not be a fixed point. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I think there, even if there were, I bet there are multiple fixed points. And depending on how you decide to go about your life, you can end up at any one of them. That's it. Yeah. That's the answer. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. <laughs> we just solved it. I don't need to say anything else because that's exactly right. Oh, you better write that down. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'll send you the transcription if you need. I appreciate now, it. Uh, uh, Halloween is upon us. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have a favorite costume as a child? Um, yes, I had a bunch Or as of... an adult, if you had a, a really great one. I've recently... Yeah, well, okay. I'll, I, as a child, I was a firefighter. Uh, I wanted to be Darth Vader one year, and they didn't have the costume in my size, so I went as SpongeBob, which was great because I had never seen SpongeBob. I was just like, this is a happy yellow square. <laughs> <laughs> and then I wore it to school, and everyone was like, I love this show. <laughs> so, yeah, I had a lot of random costumes. I think one year I went as a soccer player because I did play soccer, and that's what I wanted to be as a child. Um, and then when I got to college, there was such an expectation to be like, a sexy Halloween costume, you know, if you were a girl, and yeah. I hated that, and so I would bend over backwards to be a, a just an aggressively not sexy <laughs> Halloween costume. You know what I mean? Because I think if when people are sexy, I'm like, that's cool, and you did it because you wanted to do that. But when that expectation is already so deeply ingrained on a specific day, yeah. it feels like I have no agency in it, and I'm just doing it for whatever public gaze there is. And so... Yeah, I went as a lumberjack my freshman year, and truly no square inch of my skin could be seen. <laughs> and I went, what did I do? Last year I went as a house elf because I found out, oh, this is true. I found out I can fit perfectly into a standard size pillowcase. Um, it's I'm 5'2", and so it just it works so well. So I just cut out holes for my neck and shoulders. So I went as a house elf last year, and then this year I did another pillowcase costume. <laughs> Oh, another pillowcase. Yeah, but this year I'm a bag of rice. <laughs> <laughs> With the house elf, what, that's a Harry Potter thing. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. Okay, I yeah. just wanted to make sure I'm on the same, the same page. Yeah. So uh, you must have a significant pillowcase budget. Yeah, uh, <laughs> or I a do. Lot of, a lot of old ones lying around. I set aside money every year to afford this. <laughs> Honestly, they're like three dollars at Target. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a good do time. It. That's a great. That's a great idea. Thank you. Uh, what was the moment of discovery of fitting yourself inside of a? 
Um, I think so. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I was just laying on top of my pillow on my bed and was like, oh, this is hilariously the exact size of my torso. (laughs) And then I think um, I was trying to figure out what costume to be and I didn't want to buy one. And so I was like, maybe I can cut out the hold onto this one. I did. And I pulled it over. It worked amazing. And then freed house elves in Harry Potter. The way you get freed is the person who you work for gives you like an item of clothing. Yes. So I wore a pillowcase and then I also had like multiple hats and scarves and like mittens and socks and stuff. And um, yeah, I would say maybe my favorite costume. It sounds like it really uh, struck a nerve for you. (laughs) Thank you. I think I'm only going to wear pillowcases from now on. I love that. (laughs) I mean, think of the 10 year retrospective of. Oh, what a good idea. Yeah. That's a nice Instagram grid. Yeah. I'm going to do this solely for Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, why do we do anything? Yeah. Just for Instagram. Mm -hmm. Catching those likes. Well, I was Casper the ghost once as a very small child. Oh, that's adorable. And I fell asleep. Oh, inside your ghost costume? (laughs) Yep. Okay. And a sleepy ghost is probably what I'll be at the end of my life, too. Yeah. Well, hey, now we know you might get laid as a ghost, so... (laughs) <laughs> that's well, right. yeah. that's something to look. Don't sleep too uh, too hard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, soundly. I mean, like just uh, you know, keep an ear out. Yeah, because uh, love can find you. That's true. Wherever you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so uh, you you've got the book thing. You're doing a little bit of work with the Reductress pilot, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I was working for them. Um... Yeah, we don't really know what's happening, I think, so no, knock it's on okay. wood. No, it's okay. I know most of the things that happen we can't talk about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Hollywood works. I understand it. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I'm. Uh, you got anything else that uh, you, you coming up you want to talk about? Some shows or anything? Yeah. Um, I'm hosting a show on November 30th at Caveat and... Oh, I got another show at the Bell House. This is hosted by Joel Kim Booster. Sure. Um, and am I allowed to swear on this? Yeah. Go for it. Okay, it's called Joyfuck Club, and it's hosted by Joel Kim Booster. We'll also have, like, Bowen Yang and Patty Harrison, lots of really cool comedians. All the greats. And this is on November 9th, I believe. November 9th at the Bell House. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. Well, this has been so nice to have you come in. Thank you for having me. And uh, I wish you all all the great success with everything you're doing. Thank you, Dale. Right back at you. (laughs) All right. There we go. I hope your Hallow's Eve was all it could be. I have a pillowcase full of butterfingers that I cannot wait to get into. Personalized reading this week goes out to Jeremiah Judson in Daytona Beach, New Jersey. Okay, just live your life as you wish. (laughs) And lucky numbers are nothing matters unless you vote November 6th. That'll do it for us, but remember, although this night is ending, a bright new day is just ahead. Deep Night with Dale is created by James Bewley. Deep Night Season 11 podcast artwork by illustrator Candice Brorsma, with additional poster work this season from Scott Ballmer and Ronald Horn Industries, among others. Season 11 theme song remix by Zach Gabbard. Music throughout the episode provided by the roster of Howler Hills Farm in Ohio. Additional sound effects at the top of the show, downloaded directly from the Deep Night Ether. Recording studio services provided by Harvestworks in New York City. The Slipper Room is the venue for Deep Night live shows every other month. Thanks to all of our guests for making Deep Night a success 10 years on. Thank you for listening. Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or listen in on Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Google Play. Follow Dale on Instagram at Dale Seifer or on Twitter at Dale Radio. Now, keep your personal portals open, but this one has got to close. <laughs>